Um, I think for us, it was definitely not easy in the moment, but looking back, I think with all of our transitions, we're so thankful for that choice that we made um, and feel like it's it's allowed us good closure and good healing as we've had to grieve those transitions. And then I think for our kids, we've been able to see the fruit of, mm-hmm. of that relationship that was built. Hi, welcome to today's podcast on supporting a child's transition to an adoptive home. I'm Josette Kale. I'm a therapist and family coach, family coaching supervisor here at Arizona Family Counseling, which is a ministry of Christian Family Care. And today with me is Haley Mort, who is another one of our therapists and family coaches. And in addition to working with um, families and children, Haley and her husband are licensed foster parents. So I'm going to be talking with her today about some of their experiences Mm -hmm. seeing children that they've cared for Uh, in their foster homes, transition into a permanent home. Um, So I'm really looking forward to talking with you and hearing more about your experience. Yeah, for sure. So we know that that transition, when a child's moving from a foster home to an adoptive home, obviously that's exciting. That's what we're all about, is helping children achieve permanency. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, we know that there's also loss and grief involved, and there can be challenges, even logistical challenges and things like that in the process of moving a child from one home to another. So um, what are some things that you've seen in your experiences in terms of, you know, that grief and that loss? How does that maybe play out for the child, for the foster family, and maybe even the adoptive family? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the grief looks a little bit different for everybody. So it can be kind of challenging at times to even necessarily name it as grief. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so for the child, especially depending on their age too, um, they, they might express that grief a little bit differently. So, you know, for some of the kids who are in the transition, maybe it's that they appear angry. Maybe they want more control. Um, Maybe they um, are even starting to try to detach a little bit to the foster family because of the transition. So I think a lot of times for some kids, it can, that grief or that loss can look a little bit more like, um, an upset individual or even maybe a shut down individual. They just don't really seem to be that engaged with the family anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some little, little kiddos in our home too, who have transitioned into like, like babies. Um, well, yeah, we've had some babies transition out of our home too, but okay. even I'm thinking more around like the age, like three and four, okay. I feel like with some yeah. of our kiddos who were transitioning out of our home to a permanent home, um, that was, you know, kind of their grief was a little more unique, I guess, than maybe an older child, right? Mm-hmm. Because kids at that age, they're processing a lot. So it's a lot of out loud processing or a lot of confusion. So even that grief looked a little bit um, different where, you know, I can even think of one of our little kiddos um, just saying, you know, well, I don't want to call you mom anymore. You know, oh. she'd be like, I call you Haley now. Okay. And so just trying to okay. even navigate that. But then because yeah. she was teeny tiny and forward, then she would forget that she told me that, right? And it would be then back <laughs> to mom. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so then that grief and loss where there was even like the confusion over the name um, or what we were to her. So I think for some of our little kiddos, it's in even not really grasping the word permanency, right? Sure. And so it might even look like for a kid, oh, I'm really going to miss you. But then I can't wait for, you know, to go to my friend's house or go to church, you know, in a couple of weeks. And it's like, oh, you know, well, that, it's not going to look like that. 
that, right? It's so, a little so bit. So, I mean, oh, they almost think that they're going to come back to your house and yes. like they're just going for a visit. Yeah. So like back. with some little kiddos, it can look like that where mm-hmm. it's, they don't really have a full grasp on that right. permanency yeah. or they think that, you know, the families are coming together um, for forever, you know, oh, and I yes. even remember with another one of our little kids, it was, we're all going to live together. Are we going to live at their house or are we all, or are they going to come live with us? And so it was mm-hmm. kind of, um, confusion. And then when we would have to explain that we weren't in fact going with her, then you'd kind of see the grief, you know, and then for her, it would, you know, for little kids, maybe it was just actually crying, just being, yeah. you know, really cheerful about it or appearing angry or you're not my friend anymore. I don't like you, you know, but again, that's the grief. And I think a lot of times as a foster family, you don't really, it, it's hurtful, right? Or you don't really, um, you can take offense to it. We sometimes, I think it's stuck in the moment. We don't see the bigger picture that, no, this is grief. This is sure. confusing. Yeah. Families, you know, this wasn't God's design. This is sin entering. And so yeah. we're in this situation. And so kind of having some grace for that. So that's a small touch, I think, on maybe what you can see in a child. I think we could go into way more than that, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to try to be, you know, touch on a little, a few things for a child, a foster family and for an adoptive home. But yeah, for a foster family, I think the grief is this is a child that um, you love and care for, but they're not staying. And so mm-hmm. you can even get stuck in just being so sad about their transition, even doing a comparison. You know, I mm-hmm. was, I'm a great parent and now they're not having me. So even that yeah. guilt, I think sometimes comes with the grief or the bargaining. Are we making a right decision? You know, is this what's really in the best? interests of the child um, and I think that grief can kind of play into um, as a foster family of just I think sometimes it appears out of concern I'm just really concerned about the child you know mm. I want what's best mm-hmm. for them but I think sometimes our grief kind of comes in so we um, tend to maybe be a little bit more particular about things or want things a certain way we need more of that control I think because of that grief so sure. um yeah so for a foster for foster families just from my experience and even working with a lot of um homes you know mm-hmm. here is just seeing that yeah there's that sense of control that's being kind of taken away in alongside this child who you love dearly leaving your home and so we can see sometimes this tension build up or this need to even want to detach from this child because it it's so painful you know i'm just going to make it easier by just when they have a behavior, yeah. instead of sitting with my child, I'm just going to be like, I can't wait for you to get out of my house. Right. You know, kind of right. those feelings surfacing. Yeah. So, which could be a really hard place to be sitting, especially for a couple months if your transition is a lengthy one. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I can really see that. Yeah. Right. And then in terms of an adoptive family, um, I know that what I've seen in my work with families is that, um, you know, they're, they're the ones obviously getting the child, mm-hmm. they're excited usually, but then there's even losses for them. Like, um, sometimes it can be hard to see the child being sad to leave their foster home yeah. or, you know, other, you know, losing kind of the family constellation that they had before the yeah. child moved in. Yeah. And I think that's probably the piece of this that is going to be most shocking for people to hear is that an adoptive home is going to be grieving a child entering their home. Like, isn't yeah. that just a joyous thing? Is an adoption right. like this? beautiful, perfect thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's definitely, there is the beauty that comes with adoption and joy and Thanksgiving. But I think what a lot of people don't think about is, yeah, you are, your um, family system will be changing, right? This Mm -hmm. is going to have an impact on your family system. While a very good impact, there is inevitably going to be some challenges that come with this. And I think a lot of times 
Um, what I found in our, the family coaching that we do is what a lot of families recognize after the child has actually transitioned into their home is that um, these children, because of their trauma, because of what they've experienced, um, a family system hasn't always been a healthy, safe thing for them. And so I think a lot of times our adoptive families want to be that for them. And yes, and amen, praise God for that. But it doesn't happen overnight. It takes mm-hmm. years. If we can just be full transparency, it takes yeah. years. Um, and sometimes even you know longer than that for these kids to really get that um, feeling that the parents hope that they while being in their home. So if we have a child that transitions into an adoptive home and they are not able to maybe handle the family system, maybe they get overstimulated by family gatherings or birthday parties or holiday events, our adoptive families have to make adjustments to things that they used to very easily be able to do as a family. Maybe mm-hmm. it was easy to go to a birthday party or go to a family event and be there for hours or go on a family vacation, but this child is overstimulated or triggered by that. And so this family has to grieve that loss because um, they need to, you know, the child might not just be able to experience that Mm -hmm. the same way, or Mm -hmm. it's not that the child doesn't want to partake in it, but it might be really hard for them to see um, a healthy family system thriving like that. It might be overstimulating for them. So we see a lot of times too, that even our adoptive families, they have to grieve that too, what they maybe envisioned or even maybe fantasized or thought their family system would look like might just not be the case because this child is just not in a position to embrace that fully mm. and that's okay um, it takes time to get there but that's that's a loss that I think a lot of our adoptive families don't always realize until maybe a little bit later yeah down a, the line yeah that's a really great point I remember when I started kind of working in this field um, someone had pointed me to um, Dr. Karen Purvis's video mm. on seven gifts and seven insights yes yeah for new families and um, she talked about how just like you know like if you're if you're going to be welcoming a baby into your home by birth if if mom's having a baby you know there's going to be changes right you know that you um you might miss church for a mm-hmm. while or you might yeah. be late or right. you might not be able to stay at a family gathering for five hours mm-hmm. um, because that baby's going to have needs and you right. have to adjust your schedule accordingly yeah but I think a lot of families aren't prepared that they might have to do that with an older child. Yeah. You just assume, oh, well, they're 10 or they're right. they're 15. So yeah, no problem. They'll yeah. just join us. But yeah, they they'll understand. Really, right. Yeah. 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 That's not necessarily true. And families, it's best if families can be prepared to make adjustments and changes to their schedule, even with an older child, yeah. at least for a time. No, absolutely. And I think, so when you think about that, knowing that there's going to be changes for an adoptive family that maybe they just didn't consider or, mm-hmm. you know, are now considering um, now that the child's been transitioning into their home. So you have that loss of their family system. Then you have the child who is experiencing um, loss of maybe the first safe adult that they've ever been with, you know, maybe they've... Their foster family. Yeah, their yeah. foster mm-hmm. family, thank you. Where, you know, they've, if they're coming from the foster care system, we know they've experienced some type of trauma, abuse, yeah. or neglect. And so if they're with a family who has met their needs, has taken care of them, that's their safe person. Mm-hmm. So we see a child experiencing that loss. Um, and even just kind of the loss of the foster care system. A lot of these kids have been in the foster care system for a long time. They got good survival skills. They're used to that transition. And while they want permanency, they, you know, pray for that. That's an overwhelming thing for a child to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times our kids don't always have the healthiest, uh, belief system in permanency. They just think this is just another family that will fail me. And so when you think of that, uh, loss in their mind is just a reoccurring thing. We have that with the adoptive family's loss and then the foster family's loss mm-hmm. of this child who they have poured, 
you know, their heart out, you know, invested into probably their time, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and have really come alongside and have chosen to love this child and fully embrace and accept this child in their home. And now they're sending them off to another family. That's a huge loss. And so we can see why sometimes when we are in a transition period, all those different losses are circulating and they're probably um, not being displayed the same by everybody. Mm -hmm. So it can make this transition period feel a little bit tricky um, and even have like some tension between all the parties. For sure. Yeah, no, that's that's totally understandable when you think of it that way and notice that everybody's dealing with their own unique losses in that. Right. So right. um, given that that's the case and that's just the nature of this, um, what are some ways to make the transition more tolerable for everybody? And to really, I mean, ultimately we want to support the child, but what are some ways that foster families and adoptive families yeah. can even make this, can can make it a little bit more tolerable for themselves, but also supporting the child? Through yeah. Time? Well, I will say, I mean, and I have not been on the adoptive side of that, so I will totally disclose that. But I will say as a foster family, I felt like it was really easy for us to be the ones that were encouraging or the ones that really made the uh, transition difficult, right? Because of mm-hmm. our feelings. And mm-hmm. so um, we've had four kids transition out of our home and I feel like I've learned from those experiences and Mm -hmm. have probably done all of them a little bit differently, but have found that as a foster family, when we've been, even though it's painful and it hurts and sometimes it's, I just want to shut down and just be like, just, I can't handle this transition period anymore. Um, When we have decided to stick it out, knowing that it's painful, it has always seemed like those transitions have been the best for Mm -hmm. the child and Mm -hmm. all involved. So I will say as for our neighbor foster families listening, really just knowing that you play a crucial role, but it's not an easy role. So maybe it's getting some resources or joining a foster care support group Mm -hmm. or really connecting with your licensing workers saying this is a really hard, you know, one to two months and we're going to stick it out, but I, I need some help. I need some, you know, encouragement. So that would be just to start off with that, but also knowing that it is a hard spot to sit in. It's not, again, I said this earlier, it's not normal. This isn't really how most families, you know, operate. And we have families that are having to work together, but they need to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so realizing that, yes, it might be an awkward, you know, month or two months, but I'm just going to do everything that I can to over communicate with this person, knowing that we might do things a little bit differently, Mm. but that we are doing this for the best interest of this child. We all are invested in this child. We all love this child. So we are going to do our best to try to work together right now and do what we can to make this child see that um, we, we trust one another. I think that's huge for these kids to see that there is trust, you know, between both families. Yeah. So um, I would say that would kind of be the first thing, too, is just kind of making a decision that, yes, it's going to be yucky at times. It's going to be easy just to want to rush the transition or, um, you know, maybe change the timeline a little bit for our Mm -hmm. own benefit. But knowing that um, this is actually a really cool opportunity that we have to come alongside a kid, um, knowing that um, we are given the space to show them that, uh, their current foster family who's their safe, you know, person, their mm-hmm. safe caregiver is validating and saying, I trust this person. I trust this person is going to love you, is going to take care of you, is going to be your forever family. I'm showing you that you are um, in good hands. So I think that's a huge piece. Oh, yeah, of I can this. see how that would make a big difference for a child to have yeah. that, that foster home that they've hopefully come to, you know, trust and feel mm-hmm. safe in to have them 
um, just basically giving their stamp of approval to the yeah. adoptive home. Yeah. And, and I imagine there could be times when, as, a, as foster parents, maybe you look at the adoptive family and you're like, mm, I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I would have chosen them for, yeah. that chi- for this child. But yeah. still, you have to find ways to to um, just to support that yeah. for the sake of the child. Yeah. And you asked, you know, ways that we can do that. And I'll touch on that in just a second. But I think one thing that it's hard as a foster family to recognize, but that God does use you for a season in a kid's life. Mm-hmm. And it might not be as long as a season as you would hope, or maybe it's longer than mm-hmm. you would have hoped for. Right. Um, and I think sometimes when you do see another family come naturally, they're going to do things different than you. Sure. And then it is easy to kind of question, you know, I don't know if they're the right family or this yeah. isn't family that I would have picked, or, you know, I wish the team would have let us actually have a lot of say because we know this child best. Mm-hmm. And while they're, is probably some truth to some, you know, in some degree, we also have to see that God works, you know, all things for his good and that he loves these kids. I say this like in every podcast I'm on, he loves these kids more than we do. And that's a really hard truth, I think sometimes, but that he, he knows what seasons these kids need, Mm -hmm. which adults and just really having to trust and have faith that he um, is using you for a season to maybe it's again, change that belief system. Maybe it's empower this kid. Maybe it's to help this kid see that um, they deserve a family, that they are precious, that they are loved. Um, but knowing that, yeah, it might not be the way that you would envision things, but if I've learned anything and I'm still learning is that God's plan is always better than the plan that I have envisioned for myself and, you know, my family. And while sometimes I question it and go, this doesn't make sense, it's, it's for his good. And so, um, I think that's something to, if it, any encouragement, you know, in the Mm -hmm. midst of this unusual, Mm -hmm. hurtful, painful time, you know, to hold on to, but in regards to the families working together, um, I think, you know, some ways that people can do that is just spending time together in ways that you both feel like is appropriate or not invasive or what you're willing to do. So maybe mm-hmm. that is um, both families going to the PT appointment, the OT appointment. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, with our, our little girls, they were transitioning right around the holidays, which I would not recommend that we mm-hmm. tried so hard to avoid that, but it was just kind of one of those situations where they couldn't. But what was amazing about it is we were able to talk with their adoptive home about that. The holidays were already really hard. And so the family was willing to advocate that we wait actually until after, you know, the holidays, but we all agreed that we were going to do the holidays together. And that was, I'm not going to say that that wasn't hard. It was, it was hard sharing with a family. We didn't really know on Mm -hmm. Christmas. We did Christmas semi together. We had the kids for the morning. We got together for a little bit and then the kids went to their house and then they came back. I'm not going to say that that was the easiest thing I've ever done. And it was kind of a sad day. I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. but I think for the kids that was, amazing that they got to see all of us celebrate the holidays together. And so it was, it was navigating things like that. It was, you know, our girls, they had a, 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 what was it? A Christmas, you know, choir recital. So Mm -hmm. we all went together. We all took pictures at the recital together. And so it was just things like that. It was creating opportunities or, or going to a park. It was, we are going to this park. We always go to this park after we, you know, do physical therapy, would you like to come? And and they would, they would mm-hmm. come. And so it was creating opportunities like that. And again, I'm not saying that it was easy and that sometimes it does feel like, okay, I'm totally opening up. This is already a vulnerable situation. I'm opening mm-hmm. up my home and, you know, 
my my boundaries to somebody else. But um, for us, it was a boundary that we were willing to loosen or mm-hmm. invite mm-hmm. Um, that family into our home because we love these kids so much and we really wanted them to see that. Um, while we were sad, our kids knew that we were sad. We, they knew that we loved them and that we weren't, you know, we would love for them to stay in our home forever, but that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we fully trusted this family and that we knew mm. that they were, they loved them and cared for them. And so for us, it was worth it to loosen those boundaries because our kids meant enough to us that we were willing to be uncomfortable for a season. So they felt like yeah. this was a family that we were saying, we trust them. We know that you're in good hands. That's great. But it's not easy. I'm making it sound, I mean, we've been removed from that situation for a while, so it's easy to talk about it now, but I'm not saying in that moment. There were times where it was like, I don't want to, I don't want to invite, I don't think I can do this today. But looking back, I'm like, that was, my pain was well worth it for these kids because I think they're, I think they're doing great there. That's wonderful, Haley. That's so neat to hear you talk about that. And, and just what a gift you can give mm. your child or the children that are transitioning out of your home yeah. to be willing to endure some of those uncomfortable mm-hmm. moments or do some things that wouldn't be your first choice for their sake. Right. And to help them with that transition and to help them make an, ada- uh, um, an attachment to their new right. Their new family. Yeah. Have you stayed in touch with any of the kids that left your home? You know, um, I've stayed in touch with all of our kids, and I think that's mm-hmm. really amazing. But that's, I wouldn't even say that's to our credit. I also want to give credit to the families that okay. they are Third with as families. well. And so even just for adoptive homes, as painful as, as it is to see your child be attached mm-hmm. and even m- maybe want to stay with their foster home, if you can have grace and understand that that attachment will gradually switch over to Mm -hmm. you and just give space for that. I think there's a lot of beauty in that. But yeah, we have contact with, we've had four kids leave our home. I think I mentioned that earlier and we have had contact with all of them. In fact, um, before the podcast, I was saying that um, one of our girls, she's been out of her home now for two years and it was her birthday this week and I was able to text a mom and she sent me all these photos. And the first thing she said is, I cannot believe that you remember. Thank you so much for remembering my girl. Oh, and so that special. it was, it was so special. Um, and again, that's two years later yeah. and we, it's not that, do we see them often? Do we hear from them often? No, but there is still enough of a connection and respect, mm-hmm. mutual yes. respect for each other that mm-hmm. stuff like that is is more than welcome, I think, on both parties. Mm-hmm. And, and then with our other girls that have transitioned, it's the same thing. We go to their birthday parties. We get invited to their birthday parties. And I'm not oh, saying it's sweet. easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we usually are pretty emotional after leaving, but it's well worth it to see to see them and mm-hmm. to see how well that they're doing and that they're, um, there's still that trust there. There's that appreciation for the families, you know, that we have for their adoptive home. And I think the adoptive home has for us. So, but again, this is, I think it's a choice. I don't think this is a natural thing. And I think the natural tendency is to honestly kind of get stuck in that, that feeling of anger and um, distance. And, you know, I think everybody has to decide what boundary is appropriate for them or what they can handle or tolerate. But um, I think for us, it was definitely not easy in the moment, but looking back, I think with all of our transitions, we're so thankful for that choice that we made um, and feel like it's mm-hmm. it's allowed us good closure and good healing as we've had to grieve those transitions. And then I think for our kids, we've been able to see the fruit of mm-hmm. of that relationship that was built. That's but so again, neat. I'm making it sound, you yeah. know. No, <laughs> so, no, no. You, yeah. I mean, you said it's, it's not easy, but yeah. it sounds like really what I'm getting from this, Haley, is that um, just for both the foster family and the adoptive family to be able to look at each other and appreciate 
the role that mm-hmm. the other family had or will have or is right. having yeah. in their child's life, yeah. that that is huge. Yeah. To just be able to, you know, in spite of differences, maybe differences in the way you parent or mm-hmm. or whatever else, yeah. that if you can just value, you know, if the adoptive family can value and validate and appreciate the the effort and love that the foster family poured in, the right. attachment that was built that's going to allow the child to then transfer and attach to them. Right. And then for the foster family to value the adoptive family and the lifelong commitment they're making to the child. Yeah. Um, just just trying to maintain that mutual appreciation and respect is is huge. And then obviously keeping in mind what's best for the child. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's a perfect way to, um, to summarize it all. And knowing that, again, um, if you're having these feelings of just saying, yes, that sounds good in theory, but I just don't know if we're capable of that, mm-hmm. naming that too. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. It is going to be really challenging and it mm-hmm. is going to be hard to sit in this space. Um, but yeah, again, I think it, that's what I keep saying. It's a choice I think you're going to have to make before the transition right. and right. and have people that are going to hold you accountable to that and remind you, and I don't mean accountable in a, no, you're doing this way of, that motivation of yes, but why remember, mm-hmm. you know, why did you agree to that in the first place? It was for so and so. It was for them to see that trust or, you know, that um relationship being built. So they want to build a relationship. And so I, I think even surrounding yourself with people saying this is a choice that we're making. We know we're gonna fumble, it's gonna be hard, mm-hmm. but remind us in the moments that it's yeah. challenging of why why we're doing this. Just like we have to remind ourselves why we foster, why we adopt. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and I think I have to remind myself of that. <laughs> Daily, sure, sometimes, yeah, right? Especially yeah. when things get really, yeah. really challenging. Mm-hmm. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, Haley, are there other resources that that you can recommend for families who are going to go through a transition like this? Yeah. So we have several great trainings on family care learning, um, addressing just that. So um, you and I just did a training talking about a transition from a foster home to an adoptive home. And we have another training on adoption identity that would really encourage people to look into. Mm -hmm. Um, And just even visit our website, Arizona Family Counseling. We have so Mm -hmm. many blogs and different resources and we'll be happy to do a consultation of just, you know, maybe ways to navigate this. Maybe you really want to help your child um, with an upcoming transition. Maybe you're a foster home that you know that this child is not going to be able to reunify um, and that is probably going to be a long case plan, but you are not an adoptive home. That's just not something that you guys feel called to. So maybe mm-hmm. it's saying we're going to get counseling and we're going to do attachment therapy. There's so yeah. many great resources. we got great book recommendations mm-hmm. um, that we could, or just any stories or different ways of therapy that we can write think really help families kind of navigate these rough waters um yeah, so yeah that's that's great yeah and I think you have a podcast on grieving in foster care right didn't you and your husband record yeah one yes and so that's I think great for any um foster parents mm-hmm. who I think are struggling with um a transition yeah definitely encourage to listen to or maybe even for foster or sorry adoptive homes who are like I'm really struggling with this foster family yeah. who is you know I feel like sending me too many text messages or emails about how to help this child and I'm mm. just starting to feel the resentment or annoyance right mm-hmm. I'm, I know I've definitely been that person before so maybe even just if it gives some grace or encouragement you know for our adoptive families but again our adoptive families they have so much you know ways to empower and bless these families mm-hmm. too and um, I've been able to witness that firsthand with the families that we've worked with and 
um, personally and then also here at yeah. work. So That's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And like Haley said, we did just record a longer version of of this topic uh, where we go a little bit more into depth into all these topics. Um, uh, and that's going to be up on our Family Care Learning website and it's called Supporting a Child's Transition to an Adoptive Home. So thanks for joining us today. We hope this has been a blessing to you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.